0: Welcome to Real Talk with Real Sisters. I'm Brooke, and this is a podcast where we talk about the real stuff. Everything from relationships, health, faith, and daily life. Today is a little bit different because um, our normal podcast is usually Emily and I. But today, I'm interviewing my oldest sister, Taylor, and we'll be talking about her birth stories. So this is super special to me because for those that don't know, Taylor and I have been able to bond in a whole other level, and this is through her births. It all kind of started when she got pregnant with her first child, Felix, and she asked me to go to a hypnobirthing class with her. Hypnobirthing essentially teaches you how to breathe and control your mind leading up to and through your labor. But after that class, I feel like Taylor and I decided that it made sense for me to go with her to her birth and be with her as a doula slash birthing coach. And then when she got pregnant with Lincoln, her second baby, it just kind of made sense for me to be there again. So it has truly been an honor and a blessing to be able to be there for Taylor during those moments. So Taylor, let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those that don't know you. So first off, I'm so excited to be on this podcast and also to share such an intimate story stories that Mm -hmm. I've had Um, like I just told you I really wanted to have a documented spot that shares my stories that I can look back on for myself um, and also just to share what I've learned in these two births Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm so excited to be doing this. Me too. Um, So a little bit about myself. I am 27 and I have two kids. Uh, I'm married to Shem and we own a coffee shop in the Syracuse area. Um, And I am a birth junkie. Mm -hmm. That is so (laughs) true. I do not deny it. I remember after my first birth, I was still obsessed with birth stuff, mm-hmm. and I remember a friend telling me, you're still into that? <laughs> like, you already had your kid. Why are you still, like, <laughs> listening to all the birth podcasts and still right. talking about it? Like, mm-hmm. she thought I was crazy, but so I am funny. just so interested in this stuff mm-hmm. that you just, I can't turn it off. and Yeah. I've told Shem, I wish doula work wasn't a 24-7 job because mm-hmm. I would totally pick that up right yeah. now. I or something that was, if like a midwife didn't require six years of mm-hmm. schooling, I would go and become a midwife. Yeah. But anyways, I'm just really interested in it. And I think it's, yeah. it's a really, like I said, it's an intimate part of your life, whether it's traumatic or... Really great experience. Mm -hmm. It's a really intimate story. So, yeah, I love sharing mine, but also I think I've learned tools along the way that I'm eager to share with others to see if it helps their experience. Yeah, exactly. Or at least just to be a voice that's like relatable and understands others' moments of fear or doubt or whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah. Because I definitely want to preface this whole podcast by saying there is no easy way to have mm-hmm. or no there's no right answer mm-hmm. to have the perfect birth um because I've I know people that have done exactly what I've done mm-hmm. and have still ended up with a c-section mm-hmm. and not that having a c-section is at all a bad thing right um and I'll talk about that in my story but I but that was like they were like I did everything right and I still had what I thought that I was trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. So there's no follow this formula and Mm -hmm. you'll have the easiest birth ever. But I think that there are still things that you can do ahead of time that do, if your birth doesn't have kind of twists and turns and you follow X, Y, and Z, it can really help when you're in that labor and delivery Mm -hmm. room. For sure. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with Felix's okay. story. All right. So I um, I got pregnant pretty quickly, which I was also shocked about because I think one just assumes that it's going to take a while to get pregnant or when you have, I don't know, when you're like trying to conceive, you're just like, oh, you just don't know how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. So we got pregnant pretty quickly and I did had already dived right in mm-hmm. to what kind of birth I wanted. I knew I wanted midwives. I knew that I was potentially into, I'd heard about hypnobirthing and I knew I wanted to look into that. So anyways, I just delved right in. Mm-hmm. I dived right in. And I, I guess we can just jump ahead to like 20 weeks. I, had signed up for the hypnobirthing class. Mm-hmm. They were in evenings. So you came with mm-hmm. me to, because my um, husband is occupied in the evening, so he can't uh, necessarily go to me or go with me to certain things at night. So you came with me mm-hmm. to these classes. And as we were doing the classes together, like you said, it just mm-hmm. made sense for yeah. you to be a birth coach. Yeah. Because um, you knew all these Yeah, Uh, techniques and methods to kind of calming a laboring woman Mm -hmm. and helping her feel at ease. One of the things that we learned was how it's so important to stay calm and relaxed in labor Mm -hmm. and how tightening up your jaw and your shoulders and um, having any kind of tension in your head can actually close up that lower part of your body. Mm -hmm. So by using light touch massage, by yeah. using kind of these uh focusing techniques to help the the laboring mother kind of focus into more peaceful time, mm-hmm. like trying to help her oh. feel at peace instead of feeling stressed mm-hmm. or oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain and trying to help her visualize waves mm-hmm. instead of oh my gosh, it's another painful. Yeah. <laughs> so um I would try to vocalize these techniques to Shem and he was like, Oh, that's cool. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't there, so he didn't really understand Yeah. But let's see, at twenty-five weeks, I was at a seminar, I guess you can call it, a workshop that was talking about uh belly mapping. So I had also gone to these random free workshops with that doulas were holding. I did every free thing or anything that I could do in mm-hmm. Syracuse that they were offering for pregnant moms. I did it. Um, breastfeeding classes, edit everything. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I went to the spelling mapping and they were saying, you know, this is what you should feel up here and this is what you should feel. These are where the feet should feel. And I was feeling around on my stomach and I'm like, I'm not feeling what they're feeling. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel kicks here and I don't feel... Uh, round like a butt here so I I, I had a midwife appointment the next may, day and I was like I'm gonna have her check mm-hmm. his positioning because this does not feel like he's head down to me and it, I kind of freaked out a little bit because I did not want a c-section right um I don't think any first-time moms go into their labor being like I want a c-section maybe right. I'm wrong about that but the moms I talk to are not like Let's get a C-section. It'll be way easier. So I uh, kind of freaked out, but I was like, I'll talk to the midwife. So she checked and she goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's transverse, but don't Mm. worry about it because it's still early. You're 26 weeks. Don't worry about it. I remember that though, because it was like a, it was a stress and you were automatically like, shoot, I'm going to have a C-section. Yeah. I could not, like, walking out of that office, I was, I couldn't, her being like, don't worry about it, was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can't not. I can't, I, in my mind, I could not push it off, like, and keep focusing on having a natural birth, Mm -hmm. and then get to 36 weeks, and he's still sideways, Mm -hmm. and I'm, like. I have four weeks to mentally prepare or less than four weeks to mentally prepare for a Mm C-section. So I started preparing at that moment. I was like, I do not want to go into having a C-section and feel like I failed Mm -hmm. or feel like, or be crying and Mm -hmm. upset that I didn't get the natural birth that I wanted. So I did a lot of praying. I prayed a ton That God would really change my heart Mm -hmm. towards C-sections. And I'm going to be totally honest here. I had that whole like, oh, if you had a C-section, you didn't do something right. Mm. Like, and this sounds so bad, but this is just like the ignorance. And this is why I want to be honest because I think some other people might feel the same way. Mm. So I'm going to be vulnerable here. I thought that. Mm. Um, and you hear like breech babies or that, and like, oh, well, if they had just done like spinning babies, it yeah. would have changed it. It's like, no. Yeah. So I had to go through this and I'm so, so grateful, even though I cried a lot about it because I would hear my friends and they'd be like, oh, I went to the, um, my midwife where I went to my doctor and my baby's still head down and I would just like, like It would just be that pit in your stomach, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have that. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, Because every appointment I would go to, they'd be like, oh, he's still sideways. So, yeah. What week was it that things changed or the uh, day? It was was at 36 weeks. Wow. So you went through 10 weeks of... Really, almost ten weeks. Yeah, convinced that you were going to have a C-section. Yeah, and preparing for that. Yeah, yep. It was so. It was. It was. But like I said, I needed to go through that. Yeah, I needed to be put in my place Mm -hmm. and uh, understand the that there was nothing wrong with a C-section. So even though that wasn't what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. I almost need, I needed to go through that period of time where I thought that that was what was going to happen, yeah. so that I could have a reality check, mm-hmm. but that I could also, um, that I could also have more empathy towards moms that mm-hmm. have that route as their only option. Yeah. So and be at peace with it if it did end up happening. Right. Yeah. Because even if um, he had gone head down, that doesn't mean. That I have something won't go wrong, right? That I am like, oh, you automatically get your Mm -hmm. natural birth. Mm -hmm. C section is always an option, right? Because who knows, yeah, what's so many question marks (laughs) there are. So I did some research on what I could do to kind of help my baby flip head down, and the same woman who had done who had instructed the hypnobirthing class was in training to become a spinning babies instructor. So my friend had actually reached out to her for me because I kept putting it off for some Mm -hmm. reason. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. because she wasn't fully trained yet. So I I think maybe I was like juggling, but my friend um, reached out to her and this instructor contacted me and was like, hey, I want to help you. And I actually have to do two of these, like do two of these sessions before I can get certified. So I'll come to your house. We'll spend three and a half hours, and I'll teach you all the exercises, and mm-hmm. we'll try to get this baby flipped. Um, I think I was 34 weeks at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I she came over, did all the exercises, and she yeah, and I was like, she's like, all right. You need to do this every day. And I think I had started doing some exercises mm-hmm. before meeting with her. There's stuff online. You um, can just look up. Yeah, like how to flip a transverse baby. That's the exercises I was doing. Mm-hmm. She was to- telling me all the exercises to get the baby in the right position. And partner exercises too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I started doing these exercises daily. And they took 30 minutes. And then they have this... Uh, they really encourage you to meditate and breathe. Mm-hmm. So that's where I learned the whole meditation thing mm-hmm. uh, or side of preparing. I I did some of that. Hypnobirthing talks about breathing a lot, but I wasn't really meditating mm-hmm. until the spinning baby's instruction. So I went to my 36-week appointment. So you had been doing the um spinning babies tools for like 2 weeks? Yeah. Or way. actually no. I was only I think I did it for like 4 days. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Before my next before the appointment where she told me he was head down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um I went up and I had an acupuncture appointment set up actually for that night to help oh me gosh. help the baby flip. And I was go- also going to the chiropractor my whole pregnancy mm-hmm. as well, so he was trying to help me out with it as well. Anyways, so I go to this appointment and we're talking about. She's like, "Do spinning babies?" I'm like, "I actually just took a class a couple days ago." The midwife's giving me this acupuncture, so I'm like, "Actually, I'm already doing that." Mm-hmm. Like, so we're just talking. She's like, "It's okay. Like, you have up until 39 weeks. Even if you're walking in into that operating room, we will still." Hope and pray that this baby is going head down. We will check. <laughs> right. So she she's like, all right, you know what? Hop up on the table. Let's let's see wh- where exactly this baby is. She's feeling around and she's like, Taylor, he's head down. And Brooke, I can't believe I didn't cry. Oh my god. There are multiple times in my my labor and delivery stories that I'm like, why did I not cry? But I think I was just so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. with the reality I was like this is so crazy so I yeah he was head down so I walked out of that office and I was obviously overjoyed and so excited that I would at least have a chance at Mm -hmm. natural birth but also I mean I have my journal is full during those nine weeks of unknown uh, or the unknown of whether or not I'd have a labor or an all-natural labor, I—it's uh, really cool reading back on that because you can see my thought process mm-hmm. and like that surrendering going on and the, um, yeah, just just how God walked me through that and helping me see the little bit of control I actually had mm-hmm. and how I needed to give over something that was so precious to me. Hmm. something I was looking forward to for years because I had been interested in birth for years leading yeah. up to that, how I needed to let that go to him mm-hmm. and really surrender it. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately he, the fact that I was even pregnant was a gift and whatever the labor, as long as the baby was healthy, shouldn't be my goal. Yeah. And so coming to that point, was really crucial for me Mm. so and I see it in my journal too I'm like I wouldn't trade the the possibility of me having a c-section for anything I mean even in life too like when you look back on hard seasons Mm -hmm. when you're in it you're like oh my gosh it sucks this is awful but lord I trust you Mm -hmm. or whatnot and then you come out of it and you can look back and you're like, I wouldn't have changed that because I'm not the person I am today right. without that experience. So it like matured you in oh, a way. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a better understanding, birthing outcomes and mm-hmm. a better empathy. And yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So we will jump to, let's see. I kept, so I kept doing hypnobirthing mm-hmm. and spinning babies, those final four weeks of pregnancy. And then. Uh, I got to forty weeks and I still was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I walked every day through, or probably four to five days a week. I walked three or four miles. You were so active. I oh I really gosh. was, and I don't. I wanted to be though. It wasn't like mm-hmm. my body felt really good. And she was working. <laughs> she was working too. <laughs> yeah, up until my like... back hurt from work. I think. The, yeah. it was. Like, I shouldn't say like oh everything was perfect, but honestly, I I didn't have. I felt good. Like I had really good energy. Yeah. Um but I so I was like motivated to walk. Right. It wasn't like I was pushing myself. I like was really excited to walk. But just like some backstory, her job or both of our jobs is to be on our feet all day at a cafe taking care of customers. And so for her to like do that for like six to eight hours and then go and take like a three to four mile walk after that is like I was like, Oh my gosh, this yeah. girl. I definitely didn't do that. The second pregnancy I tried, but right, <laughs> the, I know. those first, first pregnancy freedoms, you mm-hmm. like, and I was, yeah, it was, it was awesome to do it. Cause it really yeah. helped out a lot. I did a yeah. lot of hill walking and I loved it. Um, so yes, yeah, so I felt really, really good up until 40 weeks and everyone's like, Talking induction, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I've got plenty of time. I yeah. had no rush. I felt great. I was like, you know, not working, so I could just like kind of lay around all day. And I didn't hadn't really experienced that in a long time, yeah. so it was kind of just refreshing mm-hmm. to not have to be anywhere, do anything. You had how many weeks off before you had Felix? I stopped working at 37 weeks. Okay, 36 or 37 weeks. Okay, so there was like two weeks. Where I, I think I was doing some things for the cafe, mm-hmm. but it wasn't very much. And like then, yeah. yeah. And then at 40 weeks, or like 39 and 40 weeks, right. I, that was like, I didn't have any ties to the cafe at mm. all. So it was like really, so I nice. was just doing whatever I wanted. Yeah. Prepping for postpartum and whatever. So, so people, you know, they text you, they're like, are you antsy? Are you? And I'm like, no, I'm feeling great. Like I'm tired, but I feel good. So I just tried to fill my days with friends and hanging Mm -hmm. out. So 41 weeks roll around. Thirty, Yeah, 30, I guess I was 40 weeks and six days. And I started having contractions, but I didn't know they were contractions because you don't really know your first time. You're like, is this Mm -hmm. or is it not? They tell me to ignore it. So I was trying to ignore it. And I, what time of day was it? So I first started feeling it at 3 p.m. I was on a walk with my friend. Okay. And the midwife had called me, and she's like, "How are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm feeling good." She goes, "Have you felt anything?" I'm like, "Actually, I'm walking right now, and I feel some." And my friend was like, "What? You didn't tell me!" (laughs) Like as I'm talking to the midwife. So I started feeling them at like three. Right. And they said, "All right, we're gonna we're putting you on as like." As having contractions, so I'll let the night midwife know to kind of have like a yellow mark next Mm -hmm. to your name or something, I don't know. And I told Shem when I got home, don't get too excited, but I think maybe tonight might be the night. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, call me at the slightest, you know, thought that you might, because he was so ready to be done with work. Oh my gosh. So at probably nine o'clock, I was texting my friend who had had a baby a couple months prior, explaining to her what I was feeling. She goes, "Oh yeah, Taylor, those are contractions." So I just turned on my my brain, the brain that I was had been preparing for mm-hmm. for the last ten months, and I started a bath, like and actually I had done like my whole hypno or my whole spinning babies routine mm-hmm. that evening already mm-hmm. before the contractions kind of ramped up a little bit. So I'd done that, I'd done my meditation and I was like, all right, turn on the switch of what I like was planning to do, mm-hmm. put on candles, just really re- tried to relax in the bath, had nice music playing, um, was just trying to soak it in. Yeah. And then I got out of the bath and then I Shem I texted Shem and I said, I think you need to come home because I'm I'm feeling like this is Yeah. This is it for sure oh my gosh so he comes home but he doesn't get home until like 11 p.m so we uh i i think i was like trying to lay down and sleep because they tell you first time moms tell you or they tell first time moms to sleep as long as you can Mm -hmm. because it's you're likely going to be in this for 20 plus hours Mm -hmm. and and as a first time mom you don't know what transition feels like. You don't really know what a bad contraction feels like. Right. So you're kind of like, okay, is this bad? Is this easy? Like, you don't know. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got to just keep relaxing and just try to lean into what I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. So I, let's see, I laid down in our guest room because my husband was trying to sleep in our room and I was breathing heavy and I just like didn't want to disturb him so Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I felt wet and I was like yeah my water just broke oh my gosh so I rushed to the bathroom and I had said to Shem I said Shem I'm pretty sure my water just broke he came in (laughs) this is a little TMI but I stood up from the toilet and my (laughs) mucus plug was like there so oh my gosh for all of you like your podcast listeners who are like not, and inter- don't look it up, just unless you're really interested in what it looks like. Um, and he was so disgusted. He's like, oh my gosh, sit back <laughs> down. <laughs> so oh um, I said, call the midwife. Wow. So he called the midwife and I'm feeling like really, like a lot of contractions, like okay. ramping up. And, but not pushy yet. Just and like, actually, you know what, before I, he even called the midwife, I'm pretty sure I may have thrown up too. I think I remember you yeah. saying that too. Yeah, I felt nauseous. It like all happened, yeah. Mm-hmm. It all happened at once. My water broke. Um, That happened, mm-hmm. the thing. And um, I felt nauseous and threw up as well. Mm-hmm. So And you were... You were. I remember you saying you were really vocal at home, like yeah. Maybe I wasn't like yelling, but I was definitely moaning yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like probably the most vocal I was. Yeah. Through the laboring. So yeah. Yeah. So he called the midwife, and she said, "Oh, you know, let me listen to your your contractions." But I was like pretty calm. Hmm. So she was like. I think you need to stay home. You know, your contractions are still a little, like, all over the place. How far apart were they at that they point? They were, like, three to four minutes apart. Okay. But they were only lasting, like, uh, they were lasting one minute, then 30 seconds, then mm. 40 seconds. Um, What's, like, the um, prime amount? So they say it goes either between uh, four or five minutes apart, lasting a minute, for an hour okay is the what you should go by but mine weren't like that and we had Mm -hmm. only i had just started uh tracking maybe an hour prior to Mm -hmm. that and they were still all over the place even within that hour gotcha but the same thing happened with my second birth too they Mm -hmm. were all over the place so i can't trust the tracker i have to trust my which i'm glad i did i did in both i trusted my you were intuitive yes Of like this doesn't feel right. So uh, yeah, so going back to it, after we got on the phone, she so she had told me, stay home, don't go to the mm-hmm. hospital. You're a first time mom. You're probably gonna be laboring for a long time. If you want a natural birth, you need to stay home because hmm. she knew my birth plan. So, and I was like instantly discouraged because I didn't feel like we needed to stay home. Right. I felt like we needed to go to the hospital. Right. So then Shem went back to the bedroom and I'm just, this is actually really when I got vocal. Before mm. I wasn't really vocal. I was getting vocal after that phone call. And because you're like, I know I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost like needed to prove it because mm-hmm. I was being too quiet. So I was like, okay, I got to prove that I'm actually in labor. <laughs> oh <laughs> so, my gosh. um, I And so maybe 15 minutes later, I yelled, Shem! We are going to the hospital. And he (laughs) jolted up and he said, I agree. We need to go. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So even though she had told us to stay, I was like, something doesn't feel right. We need to go. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if I'm not far along, I I don't know. You just want to be at the hospital. Mm -hmm. If you know you're having a hospital birth, you just want to be there. So Mm -hmm. I understand the women that like even early labor, which can be really painful Mm -hmm. depending on the positioning of the baby, like you're like... I don't want to have a car birth. No, if I'm not having a home birth, I want to be at the hospital. Right, you're in betweens. So, drive to the hospital, which it's as bad as that. In my opinion, it's as bad as what everyone says. Every bump, you because you all of your stomach muscles are tightening. Yeah, any bump, you just feel just it just it's so painful. So mm-hmm. that ride was not fun, and then the drive the hill up to the hospital. There's just potholes the whole way. So you're like, each, both this birth and the last one, I was like, Shem goes, I cannot believe that the road to the hospital where a lot of moms have their babies is like the most bumpiest road. (laughs) (laughs) These poor moms, like, oh my gosh. Oh, it's just uh, uh, so annoying to me. So, okay. So what time is it right now? It is 2 a.m. Okay. So I started real labor at nine PM and nine nine thirty PM and mm-hmm. it's probably like two, two thirty. Okay. So we get go there, um, the gentleman offers me a wheelchair and I'm like, No, I'm walking. Like because I had heard just keep walking. Mm. You know, you know you really don't want to sit down, you just wanna like walk as much as you can. So I denied the wheelchair, got into triage and he and they said You're eight centimeters and you are fully, or not fully effaced. I think I was fully effaced. I don't know. That that doesn't matter. I was eight centimeters and I was progressing rapidly, they were saying. So I, Shem's face was like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like we were both like so shocked. (laughs) That you were Because we both kind of, you just kind of prepare for a long labor for your first. Mm -hmm. Everyone says your first is long. Like you kind of just are like gearing up for it right so to hear to show up at the hospital and you'd only been laboring a couple hours to hear you're eight you're like oh my gosh so Sham was like is it even worth calling brooke i'm like call her. so <laughs> brooke shows up and she calls our other friend who is going to take pictures for us and and this is like 3 a.m and then brooke shows up and i don't know i kind of want to hear your perspective well, because yeah. I, I, my water broke like right either right before you showed up. And then at that point it was like, I was probably 10 centimeters mm-hmm. at that point. Cause you I probably pushy, were, yeah. But we spent two hours doing like all the things, not all the things that yeah. we learned, but like yeah. some things that were working for you. Mm-hmm. So my perspective of it was, um, just like a small side note Earlier that night, um, I had given, I sent Taylor a text saying like, hey, just so you know, I'm turning my phone on at night so that I can hear the ringer. So don't feel bad. Like always just like call me if you feel the slightest bit like something's going to happen. And literally the night that I sent that text was the night that they called me, which was so crazy. Um, But she called me or Shem called me and then, I got to the hospital, and she was sitting backwards on the toilet in the hospital room. Right. And I remember her mentioning that she wanted to try that position because she heard someone say that it was really... It um, moved the baby along. Yeah, Yeah. and it felt better to do it that way or something like that. Um, The hospital has bars around the toilet, too, mm -hmm. so you can really like hold yourself up and support yourself, which feels really good. Yeah. But you were like kind of moving a little bit from side to side and um like kind of uh bringing your head back and forth and Shem was just kind of hovering around you just like looking like oh my gosh but very tired but he was like stunned and then he saw me and he's like um we almost didn't call you because we're like so close. She's at eight centimeters and I was like oh my gosh that's amazing. So I just came over to her and it's really weird, but I feel like I I also went into this like, okay, let's go. Mm. And I started doing um, light touch massage, which is essentially just like um, lightly placing your fingers and moving them up and down like a section of the body. So either like the arms or you're going up and down the back, but you're doing it very lightly so that it's kind of like making that forcing the person to focus on where your fingers are going because mm-hmm. it's such a sensation mm-hmm. so and i didn't even think i'd like that i remember being right. like i don't think i'm gonna like that right but you just you kind of did it yeah and it felt amazing like yeah even yeah like you said that sensation is like calming mm. so it releases the endorphins the, mm-hmm. the happy endorphin mm-hmm. that really takes it helps take away that pain yeah at least that's what it did for me yeah and then um you kind of moved around a little bit like from the toilet to the tub next I think and you were only in the tub for like maybe 30 minutes I think yeah um and then you moved to the shower Mm -hmm. did that for another like 20 or 30 minutes maybe Mm -hmm. maybe not even that long you would have a better time, yeah, than I would. I have no idea how long I was. I doing. just remember Shem going in there and he was like, Taylor, relax. You yeah. look like the Hulk because yeah. she was yeah. like, like her muscles were like spazzing. Yeah. I um, was like, I was struggling. I, it's it's hard to relax. That's why it's so important. Yeah. I try to tell people it's so important to find ways that you, that relax you ahead mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. So that because everything in you wants to tense up mm-hmm. because it's so intense. Mm-hmm. So anything that you can do swaying with your partner, they have that like partner pose. I love mm-hmm. that pose. Yeah. Um, it really helps you relax your upper body. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like the good thing about the hypnobirthing class is they gave you a set of tools or a set of like poses that made you feel like you didn't have to do the traditional like Front facing, like on your back, mm-hmm. pushing that way. But mm-hmm. you were like more open to the idea of like, let's try out some different ways, yeah. like on all fours or on my side or like whatever feels right. Yeah. Like and pushing don't know if that you way. I remember that or remember them saying to move positions every 20 minutes. Oh, I didn't so know. So I had that in the back of my head. Oh, okay. And that's one of the reasons why I had. I did so many different things Mm. was because I was like, Oh, I got to keep moving positions to make sure this baby's moving down. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually could tell I was pushing and she goes like pushy and she's like, don't push. You don't want a cervical lip. I'm like, okay. Which it's likely that I was ready to push at that Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Now that I've like been through two births and now I kind of know, but Mm -hmm. I think it's good that I spent a couple hours with laboring longer with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I should also say, in my birth plan, I, I I declined any um any cervical checks unless I asked for them. So the nurses weren't coming in like, let's check you and see how far along you are. I wanted to tell them when I was ready for a right. cervical check or when I was ready to try pushing. So we just kept, so Brooke and I just kept
1: Um, working on
0: what we knew, just doing different positions. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was one point where, yeah, you were probably getting to that. that Well, I was, yeah, I was just going to say that we were like in a groove Mm -hmm. and we weren't really even thinking about like, what centimeter you might be yeah. at, we were just kind of like, okay, we're getting through this. Yeah. Like, let's was, keep going. We had a good groove, honestly. Yeah. I felt fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, it. of course it was painful, but right. I felt like we were just doing what we were we had planned to do for yeah. the last couple months. Mm-hmm. So then you're on the bed, and I remember I was, like, doing light touch massage on your, like, shins and, like, your knee. And my feet, too. And your feet. Yeah. And then the uh, nurse comes in, I think, and she's like, um, Taylor, would you be okay if I check you? Because I think you're close, but I mm-hmm. I just wanted to check to see if that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yep. And then she checks you and you're 10 centimeters and yeah. fully effaced, right? Yep. And she's like, this baby's coming. Yeah. Like, let's push. Let's get ready to go. Yeah. And the sun was rising as it oh was gosh. happening. And it was like really beautiful. And it mm-hmm. was like... Her telling me it's time to push, I'm like, it's just like a weird moment. Hmm. Like, whoa, I I'm here. Like yeah. i need to meet my baby soon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I got on all fours and, um, started pushing, and I they used oil and, um, uh, warm compress because I was had heard that that would help, um, reduce the risk of tearing, and. I pushed that baby out, and I think it was like thirty minutes, thirty yeah, or forty maybe. minutes, not even. And the baby was out, and mm-hmm. it was like such a surreal moment. It was so crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All I it was the first time I had ever seen Shem cry. Yep, it's probably sleep de- a <laughs> mixture of sleep <laughs> deprivation and um, they're yeah. being up all night. Not mm. we didn't really, we we didn't. That was not sleep deprivation. We learned that a couple weeks later. Yeah, <laughs> with for life. sure. Or he was just tired. A mixture yeah. of being tired, but also it was like, oh my gosh, this so is our baby. Mm-hmm. Like, so that was cool for me. I didn't cry, but it was like the most beautiful thing to see my husband cry for the first time mm. over the birth of our child. You were crying. It was just mm-hmm. like such a beautiful moment Yeah, to meet Felix for the yeah. first time. It was so, so beautiful. <laughs> So now let's talk about your second baby, Lincoln, Yeah. who, if you haven't heard, is with us right now, just laying with mama. He's how many weeks old? Four weeks? He's three weeks. weeks. Three weeks. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So very, very He new. would still, yeah, and for those of, I think most people know this, but he would still be in utero right now. Yeah. If he had waited till 41 weeks mm-hmm. like Felix did. Yep. <laughs> um... Yeah, so little Lincoln came four weeks early, mm-hmm. and let's talk about really quick oh, when yeah. you found out. Oh, like sure. was it a surprise yeah. or was it planned? Yeah, so this is a good question because I Felix was like five or six months old, and Shem and I had said like we wanted to have our first two close together mm-hmm. because that's what I had, and I really wanted that for at least. The first two so we were like not we were like whatever if Mm. we get pregnant we get pregnant if Mm. I get pregnant it's fine but it happened I think it happened faster than either of us expected Mm -hmm. so when I actually found out I was pregnant I was like oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) I was so so excited I never had it like that oh crap moment but Mm -hmm. it was just like what we're doing this again like this is crazy yeah so we were gonna have two kids really close in age Mm -hmm. so now fast forward to um let's say like 35 weeks yeah or whenever you want to yeah so this pregnancy like I briefly mentioned it's it it was it's not it was not as involved as Felix's was Mm -hmm. so I didn't like walk every day and I did start doing spinning babies way earlier. So instead hmm. of starting that at 35 weeks, I started doing that at around like 25 weeks, 24, 25 weeks. Okay. I started doing it like three or four times a week because I knew how important it was. And and it was just good for me to stretch my body. My body felt way more just tired this time. Hmm. Like I never had that second trimester high. Like, I just felt tired all the time. And I'm unsure if that's because I had back-to-back pregnancies, mm-hmm. or if it was because I was chasing a toddler, or mm-hmm. the combination of the two. But I was just really, really tired this pregnancy, so I didn't have... I walked, but just, like, probably two times a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were flat walks. It wasn't hills or mm-hmm. anything. I'm trying to think. I had a couple, like, like they were saying, oh, he's kind of small... And that freaked me out a little bit, but then it ended up being fine. Mm -hmm. So there was the possibility of me having to be induced, Mm. but it wasn't ever, They was like, well, we just need to check. And he had a high heart rate. They said he was right. right. Yeah. But it was never, nothing was ever, like it wasn't like every appointment. It was like, oh. You were on the edge of your seat or something. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that. There were things, and that's the thing, like with pregnancy, we have such incredibly sensitive technology. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing, mm-hmm. but it's also very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So, you can get these like readings that your child may have a disability one appointment, like at an ultrasound, and the next one it's gone because it's so sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it can really freak people out, and not that having a child with a disability is something to be scared of, but it can scare a lot of people because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm preparing for a child with disability, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. I should do this. And then the next appointment, it's the spot isn't there. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it was stuff like that happened Mm -hmm. with both pregnancies, actually. Wow. Where it was, there's just... I hear that a lot, though. Yeah. It happens to a lot of people. So I've learned to kind of... I still, of course, like, you care about the well-being of your child. So you're like, you freak out a little bit, but... I've also learned to kind of just, like, let go, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. That's the story of, like, this yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, so at 36 weeks and a couple days, I was still working because mm-hmm. I was planning on working until 38 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 37 to 38 weeks. We so, were in, like, a lot of transitions at the cafe, yes. like, hiring people. We were, like, a little bit low-staffed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taylor was still, like, baking everything for the cafe, which is a lot. Um, so, yeah. So you were working that morning. hmm Yep. I was working that morning, so I woke up at, like, 5. And on my drive to work to open the cafe, I was, like, feeling crampy. Mm. And my instant thought was not, like, oh, I'm going into labor today. It was just, like, crap. I hope this isn't, like, padromal labor because mm-hmm. I haven't experienced cramping at all. Hmm. My whole pregnancy with either kid, I think. Maybe a little bit with Felix, but not that bad. So I was like, oh, this is so weird. So I get to the cafe, and I'm opening, and it's not, like, really going away. And I'm like, shoot, this is really weird. But I'm, like, putting it off, putting it off. Mm -hmm. And then 7-ish rolls around, and I texted... Brooke and Emily, and I and I said, you guys need to pray for me because I think I'm dealing with prodromal labor. Mm-hmm. And this this crap hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to work today. And I'm not looking forward to having to work with prodromal labor. And I was thinking of our other friend who had it for weeks. So my mind's instantly going to like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to deal with this for weeks. Mm. I'm not once thinking I'm going to have this baby today. I'm just thinking I have a month left, like yeah. and I might have to deal with this for a month. You know? Oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, I told them I was like, please pray for me. I'm not looking for, you know, help or anything. I just, I need prayer to help me get through this pain. Right. So, and I had texted Shem as well. Like, I think I'm having, uh, contractions this morning, not like labor contractions, just, you know, contractions. So this is going to be a rough shift. That's what I'm saying. This is just going to be a rough shift. Mm. So nine o'clock rolls round and I'm I'm still I'm like these are getting more intense, they're like progressively progressively getting just stronger and stronger as the half hour the minutes progress. Mm-hmm. So I start timing them and I tell my coworker I'm like, man, girl, like end of labor. I didn't realize that this, you know, like. It's rough. I'm like, oh, I probably just am dehydrated. Like right. you can have, you can have contractions because you're dehydrated. So I sat down, I ate a PB and J, and I drank like a ton of water. And she goes, well, sit down longer. Like you're fine. So I sit down for probably like 10 minutes. I get back up, and I'm like, they're gonna go away. And so I'm just like walking back and forth, and they're not. So then I start timing them. Similar to Felix, it's like. Every, they're happening every four to five minutes, three to five minutes lasting, I think over a minute, I think. Oh my gosh. But it's like still like kind of all over the place a little bit, Mm. but it was mostly every three to four minutes. Oh my gosh. So, and they're like getting to the point now where when I'm having them, I am having a hard time talking, but I'm still like, I gotta work through this, like. I have a whole shift left to work. So I'm like trying to work through it. I start making these energy bites that I, for the cafe, like trying to take my mind off of things. Cause I can't just stand there. Like right. I'm trying to take my mind off of things. And then my sister had, Emily had said, Hey, if you like need any help, call me. Like I'll, I'll help you if you need to go home, you know, if you're in too much pain. And so. While I'm making these and making these energy bites, I'm starting to feel like I've got to go home. Wow, this does not feel right. Like I have to breathe and sway back and forth for each one. Oh my gosh, I can't. I got to go home. So I called her. Or actually, I think I told my coworker. I was like, I have to go. Something. I have to go. This doesn't feel right. And she goes, right. Go. I said, Somebody will be here soon. Yeah, to help you. I'm sorry. She's like, no, 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 you're fine. So I'm very thankful that she was like, I don't know what you would be with the owner. Right. Like, no, you can't leave. Like, right, she, right. But she was like very kind. Understanding. Yeah. yeah. So I called my sister, Emily, and she headed in. And then um, I called you. I called my mom. I was I had called Shem to tell him that I was coming home. And he's like, are you even safe to drive? Like because I'm like I think Shem we need to go to the hospital like this does not feel right this feels intense and I think we need to go and he goes okay like I but are you okay to drive home because I'm kind of freaking out in the car like more I think freaking myself out Mm -hmm. in the car like crap this is not this can't be happening right now I'm in this much pain like you know like it's kind of a little bit of an out of body experience because yeah. you're like, I wasn't prepared for this. Right. Not that you're ever really prepared for certain things in life, but then you're just like, this can't be happening. This right isn't now. happening at the right time. Yeah. And like, and I'm not prepared. Yeah. Like, I don't even have people like on speed dial, you right. know, to like come help me. Like, oh, I'm 39 to 41 weeks. Like, right. hey, be ready. Have your phone for that on call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, so out of it. So, I was kind of freaking out. No one was picking up their phone. Oh, my God, And I was like, ah. So, driving home, get to the house. I walk in, and Shem's like, okay, what's, what are you feeling? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm going to go upstairs, and I'm going to start packing my hospital bag because I haven't packed that yet. <laughs> I think I had just days prior gotten a rolling suitcase from my mom. Yeah. So I'm so thankful I had that. <laughs> Not that I don't have bags, but I specifically wanted a rolling suitcase mm-hmm. cuz they're way easier. Um and I had thrown a couple things in there the day before, but I was like throwing in like the baby's outfit and like my robe and and like every and then every 3 minutes I'd have to stop and sway through the contraction and so you were on the way. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because I think you, either I called you, or at some point we connected. And- yeah, you called me. I missed that call. But two minutes later, I called you back. Okay. And you were like, Brooke, this is the real deal. Get yeah. over here. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. so early. So um, someone, like my sister took my shift, my other sister took uh, my shift, and then I met you at the house. And... um. I actually was down with Felix for a little bit,
1: okay. and
0: then I came up once your um, father-in-law showed up, and you were on the bed just like, "Oh my gosh, I wish I could just have this baby here because yeah, I, don't I did not leave. want to leave. I did not want to leave. Yeah. I was just I felt so comfortable in my mm-hmm. bed. I had my pillows propped a certain way. Um, so I was really, really comfortable. yeah, and I could breathe really, like breathe through the pain really well, mm-hmm. So I didn't want to leave. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, oh, so annoying. But I had to leave. Mm -hmm. So I was like trying to gear myself up. But I was like, I kept putting off calling my midwife for some reason. Mm. So mom had called me back and I told her, I'm pretty sure I'm going into the hospital. Or I am going to go to the hospital today. Mm -hmm. I don't know how far along I am, but I'm going to just go get checked. Then I called the midwife, and I told her they're every three minutes, lasting a minute. This is my second baby. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you need to come in. I think you need to come in. So um, packed up, broke through some other things in the hospital bag. We left. She followed us there. And the car ride was not easier, but it was better this time. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. It still was painful, but it was like... A beautiful seventy degree day, and the like. Yeah. windows were down, and I could really breathe in that fresh air. That's good. Yeah, it felt really good. <clears throat> so, but it was so painful, but it felt right. Good. <clears throat> so, we got there, and at this point, it was like eleven thirty or eleven fifteen or something. Yeah, when we got yeah. there, and we're in the lobby, and. Brooke, we're, Brooke's there. We're all online to get checked in because mm-hmm. you guys all know it's COVID and, um. It's like such a longer process. A different, yeah. So it was before it was like, granted, it was in the middle of the night. So no one else was there. Right. They just are like this way. Like yeah. this time you're like, have to get your temperature checked. You have to, I think, have a screening. Mm-hmm. So you're waiting in line. So, but the gentleman kindly saw that I was in labor and he's yeah. like, you guys go ahead of me. <clears throat> the woman was going to go get a wheelchair for me to sit in. And I sat down on the chair because Jem's I think I don't even know why I sat down. I sat down and my water broke mm-hmm. everywhere. There's like a line of people behind me. And I'm like, I was so, I didn't feel embarrassed, but I was just like, I think the reality that I was going to have that baby that day, like I, because at that point, you just think. There's no turning back. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. just, even walking in, Shem's like, can you believe we're going to have a baby today? And I'm like, but I don't know. Right, right. Like, this could still really be prodromal labor, you know? Mm -hmm. But then when my water broke, it was like that reality like, Mm -hmm. we're having this baby today. Yeah. We are having this baby today. It was such a weird feeling. So then. I, the, the woman comes with a wheelchair and Chum goes, she doesn't want that. Like, we need to walk. <laughs> like, he already knew that I was, like, yeah, anti-wheelchair. She's right. going to want to walk. He knew that. So we started walking uh, to triage, or to the elevators to take mm-hmm. us to triage. Got up there, and we are, like, it, there's, like, this weird, to me, I don't know if this felt like this for you, but it, it was this Aww. weird, like, hustle like there was more people than it was in the middle of oh the my night gosh, it must yeah. have been during because it was during the day because when we came up during the night for felix it was like eerie dark there was one nurse yeah. like it, feel, it felt, felt more like serene. There was more people mm-hmm. when we got when we came up so maybe they had said hey this girl's water just broke in the lobby like i don't know what's going yeah. on but you for have- covid times it's weird that there were more people involved Rather than initially, less. when we walked in, yeah, yeah, so like we were in the we or the check-in desk. Mm. so they're asking for insurance. And then the nurse, a nurse comes in and she goes, "This girl's making pushing noises. Mm. Like we need to get her back to a room." So we skipped triage, and we went right back to a room just because I was making pushing noises. Who knows? I could have had a baby in triage if that woman not, right. had not said anything. That's true. Possibly, because you're in triage for 30 minutes usually, oh gosh. for them to monitor the baby's heart rates and all that. So I mm-hmm. could have had the baby in triage. Anyways, I just got rushed back to the the room, the labor room. They sit me or they lay me down, and they check me, and I am 10 centimeters dilated <laughs> and fully effaced, <laughs> and She's like, we just got to wait a little bit longer for this baby to come down and you can start pushing. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like shocked. Shem and I, you, we were just all like, what is going on? I know. (laughs) I had just started having like, yes, I started cramping at 5am, but real contractions had only started a couple of hours prior. Yeah. 9am, 8am. They had like started picking up 9am they were like okay this something's off you know mm-hmm. so i'd only been really contracting for a couple hours mm-hmm. and i was already at a 10 like what the heck so oh my gosh we um were are just like i was just trying to be comfortable i felt just very calm though mm-hmm. and i don't no know worth. if you like compared from the first birth to the second if i was just like more chill or if it was like the same because i don't yeah. know if like From the outsider point of view. If it just looked the same to you. I'll say that you were were intuitive for both. But I think you were more confident in your second. Mm. You were more confidently intuitive. Like you. um, Because it was so fast. I think you were able to advocate for yourself. I've told you this before. But you really advocated for yourself very well. Mm -hmm. You reminded um, the. Or actually it wasn't even a reminder. Because they didn't even know. But. The nurse, you told them, like, can you put oil on my. Right. Um, so we because I didn't yeah. even have a chance. We had my birth plan, like, Shem printed the birth plan that morning mm-hmm. as we were running out the door. Uh, but we didn't even give it to them because we didn't know I would be 10 centimeters right in. So, right. Yeah. So I was having to, like, tell them my birth plan as things were happening. As you're going or through everything. As you're everything. going through it. Yeah. 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 So I think that you were calm. Yeah. Um, But everything was happening so fast too. So yeah. Yeah. But so it's like what is it, like twelve? Yeah, probably uh probably eleven fifty ish. Yeah. Was when she's like, you can start pushing or maybe closer to twelve, eleven fifty five. Um she said, You can start pushing if you want to. So I started pushing and then at twelve oh six Lincoln came. And That's it was so crazy. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it was just, it was so fast and so crazy, but also like, and an, an, both births, births were empowering, but this one felt to me like, like you said, like you just, you've done it before. So mm-hmm. you, you know what things feel like, mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel foreign. So yeah. as you're even pushing, like this experience of pushing felt way different and better for right. me than the first birth. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, the pain because it's a mental game. The pain never felt like more than I could bear. Like right. I just had to just keep breathing. I breathe like that's like the best tip I can give a pregnant mom. It's like learn how to breathe and do it daily for like 10 to 15 minutes of just like deep breathing. That's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I love Insight Timer for that. Like it's a meditation app and mm-hmm. I just listening to their guided meditations and then just actively breathing as I'm listening to it is just really, it was a really good practice for me. So, yeah. yeah, So that was, that was his birth and it was so, yeah. There's things after that, that happened because he was a preemie. um, There were things that I went through experienced that were also really good for me this (laughs) Mm -hmm. birth. That helped kind of mold me, and but I won't get into that because that's kind of another story. But yeah, yeah. So it was really just a very positive experience, and I feel, I feel like so blessed and like so lucky to have this little guy. I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna cry. I feel like all like at, as I'm like looking at him. Um, yeah, it's just like yeah, postpartum hormones. It's uh-huh. like so real, um, but like I look at him right now and I'm like, he would still be inside of me. And like, the fact that I've had like an extra month with him, is like, so beautiful. Mm. And I don't know. Yeah, it's just babies are crazy. They do. It's like they teach you a lot. And having kids is like the biggest. uh, Your heart's the biggest, but you also like learn the most about yourself and your weaknesses and like, Ways that you can grow, and ways that you can be a better person, and mm-hmm. ways you want to be a better person mm-hmm. for your kids—it is the craziest experience ever. And yeah. um, I just feel so thankful and uh, to have both of my kids, mm-hmm. and to have these birth stories that I honestly—I like look back, and I didn't deserve any of those. Like I, and nobody deserves a good birth or you know a traumatic birth. It's right. not. That's not how it goes, but I just feel like so overwhelmed and grateful for the experiences that I had and um and welcoming these two babies into the world. And obviously having you both of them yes. was, like such a big gift. So Yeah. 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 So I and I would That's love awesome. to like add, I like I during my intro, I love, love, love talking to people about um birth and ways that you can prep so if people have like specific questions or like ways that they can prepare that maybe I didn't mention because I there are like different things that maybe I could have covered more in the pregnancy side of things but yeah if they want to talk about stuff in pregnancy but also if they want to talk about their birth story I love hearing birth stories Mm. um Like they say, it's very cathartic to share, storytell, and Mm -hmm. share things, whether they are traumatic or positive. And, but I also love to be that listening ear for women because a lot of the time, I didn't realize this, but people don't ask women their birth stories. They'll ask like, oh, how did it go? But really they don't, they don't care. I don't know if it, maybe it's not that they don't care, but they just don't think to ask. Mm. It's a very, like, brief, and I love to know the nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. Like, I want details. Yeah. I don't need the abridged version, or is it the abridged or unabridged? unabridged. Whatever I one need, it is. Yeah. The shorter one. I don't need the shorter one. I want the long one. Yeah. So, I guess this is, like, uh, PSA. If you want to share your birth story with me, mm-hmm. because you want to heal from it or whatever, or just talk to somebody, I would love to hear it. So, you can... Feel free to reach out. How can they reach you? Um, You can reach me on Instagram at Taylor Dupay, D-O-U-P as in Paul E. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and you can message me on there. And I obviously love to connect with pregnant moms, postpartum moms. (gasps) I'd love to chat. So, and thank you for having me. bro. Of course. Thank you for sharing your stories. Yes. I, I it's, was so it's awesome. been an honor yeah thank you of course all right that is it for today's episode if you like today's episode feel free to leave a review it really helps us out a lot and we would really appreciate it and if you'd like to participate in future podcasts or see updates on upcoming episodes you can follow us on instagram at real Talk, real sisters thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week on the podcast